0: Welcome to the last leg of the holidays. It's December, Thanksgiving is over, my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Because you don't have to worry about presents, you get presents, you don't have to pretend like you don't like them. You know, no, I'm just kidding, but I just think Thanksgiving meal is by far my favorite. Today we are gonna talk about two people that shaped their industry. They were movers and shakers. One of them turns out to be a pastor a preacher and you probably wouldn't even guess who it is. If I told you, you wouldn't even probably guess that he was a pastor or preacher and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We're going to get into that in a second. Just helps us to look at these people's lives and figure out what we can learn from them and how we can take what they've done well, what they've done poorly and how do we better ourselves and prepare ourselves for the similar occasions of when we have success, what success looks like and all that good stuff. Welcome to HTB team. My name is Matt Williams. Appreciate you listening, sharing the show, tagging a friend. That is like the highest compliment you can give a podcaster is to share the show. And we would not be growing. We would not be in the top 10% of all podcasts if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much for that. Especially for you guys that have subscribed to me on YouTube. We're almost at 100 for that YouTube channel just so I can customize the link and so people can actually see me and find me when they search instead of 20 tent building tent building shows. That's been like the hardest thing about growing on YouTube is when you search for how to build a tent, tent shows come up, which, you know, hindsight is 2020, my friends. If I was going to rename the show, I'd probably think about that (laughs) a little bit longer. The show is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. If you go over to fightlaughfeast.com, put in HTBT in the memo field, you'll get this sweet 15 ounce mug. You get tons of great benefits, tons of great content. And most of all, you become alongside of us. We proclaim the lordship of Jesus in every area of life and help us as we encourage you to get in the fight, to be laughing and feasting. And one of you, Jerome Bushnell, 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 Jerome Bushnell, I need to have my phone with me too, sent me this kid's book, Pillow Fighting Pirates. I'm going to show it. For those of you who are watching, if you're listening, I'm flipping through these pages or trying to to show you this great... Look at those pages. Beautiful pages. I showed it to my son before I recorded today, and he absolutely loved it. He loved this... I don't know what you would call it. I'm not an artistic person, but this abstract illustrations, these abstract illustrations is a great story. We need more Christians doing this kind of stuff. We need more Christians... Helping shape our young ones and giving materials to, you know, help re- keep and claim our children and not lose them. So, if you want to support and you're looking for a book, maybe for Christmas, support Jerome. You can Google "pillow fighting pirates" or you can go to www.lulu.com. His book is there. You can buy it, paperback. Give him some support. Give it to a friend. Have a Christmas gift taken care of. All of those things can be knocked out with just buying this kid's book, or you can just Google it, Pillow Fighting Pirates. It's a fantastic book. Great job, Jerome. And thank you for sending me a copy, I appreciate it. Okay, so now we're gonna listen to two videos. And I want to show you these two clips. I was debating which one I wanted to show first. And one of them is a pastor, and one of them is preaching. And they're using the accomplishments one of them is a lifetime achievement award the other one was an emmy for a broadway musical that she was doing and they both used their platforms for for what you know they used their platforms to get across a message and one of them did it effectively and one of them didn't and i want you to compare and show you the two so here is the first one he got a lifetime achievement award a lifetime achievement for all that he has accomplished in his life, and this is what he said.
1: Oh, it's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. Uh, uh, So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here, some are far away, some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take Along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. Whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends, and to my co-workers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me, allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. May God be with you.
0: He ends the clip. May God be with you. But he uses the time. A lifetime achievement award. That's Mr. Rogers from, um, what is it? Mr. Rogers, right? That's what it's called. That was Mr. Rogers. You know him. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers neighborhood. He was a minister. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. His lifetime achievement, he's getting recognized in front of a secular world, in front of a a depraved movie industry. And he talks about thinking about someone you love. Hey, I was reading an article about it and how he talks about using, and the article talks about how he subtly, he doesn't like over-the-top preaches in his show that he was doing on PBS and subtly you know, talking about Christian principles. But on your lifetime achievement award, every Christian should be preaching the gospel. Your whole life is encapsulated by this recognition and you're not going to tell people to come to Jesus. You're not going to say anything about Jesus. You're going to say something to the effect of think about somebody that's, you know, been really special in your life. That's not something that saves people. I was so disappointed when I was reading that. It was from 1996. I was watching that. I was looking it up because Mr. Rogers has his movie that comes out that's played by Tom Hanks. Now, I want to show you another preacher just to contrast this man who I love this show. He was great. Super nice guy. But if you're a Christian, specifically if you're a pastor, and your lifetime achievement recognition speech is, let's take 10 seconds to think about people that have been loving to us or helped us come on we need to do better than that as christians and let me just show you what a real preacher looks like
2: Uh, thank you so much to the television academy for this and to the incredible casting crew who worked so hard to make this tv show especially you sammy rockwell i know how hard you worked um i see this as an acknowledgement of what is possible When a woman is trusted to discern her own needs, feels safe enough to voice them, and respected enough that they'll be heard. When I asked for more dance classes, I heard yes. More voice lessons, yes. A different wig, a pair of fake teeth not made out of rubber, yes. (laughs) And all of these things, they require effort and they cost more money, but my bosses never presumed to know better than I did about what I needed in order to do my job and honor Gwen Verdon. And so I want to say thank you so much to FX and to Fox 21 Studios for supporting me completely and for paying me equally because they understood... Because they understood that when you put value into a person, it empowers that person to get in touch with their own inherent value, and then where do they put that value? They put it into their work. And so the next time a woman, and especially a woman of color, because she stands to make 52 cents on the dollar compared to her white male counterpart. Tells you what she needs in order to do her job, listen to her, believe her, because one day she might stand in front of you and say thank you for allowing her to succeed because of her workplace environment and not in spite of it.
0: She does a great job of preaching her gospel. Yeah, it's not Christian faith, this isn't a Beth Moore preacher. She doesn't. She's probably not a Christian. I don't know. That was Michelle Williams. I think she was a Dawson, Dawson's Creek chick, the actress. I'm, I'm not sure. But she was getting a, an award for a Broadway musical. And she uses her stage, her platform, her moment to preach her gospel of equality, of equal rights, of women need to be free to do what they want. You see, that's real preaching right there. And they're not ashamed. They're not afraid. They're not trying to be soft about it. You know, they might make art that subtly hints at things like we've talked about before. But when they get a chance to preach, when they are behind their pulpit, they are not ashamed. They're not bashful. And we need our Christian influencers like Mr. Rogers to say, hey, I talked about Christian principles throughout my show because Jesus is king and because Jesus is the one that you must follow. And even if you follow all of this advice that I've talked about, If even if there are people that love you and gotten you to where you're at, if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. That's what we need to see. And I wish Mr. Rogers would have taken a page out of Michelle Williams preaching handbook, because it seems to me nowadays that the world is far more brazen, far more bold in preaching their gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to get into one more great influencer. I don't know. He's not a Christian, I don't believe He made an industry and whenever a man or a woman can make an industry from an invention from their business and being so successful at it, you should take note and you should try to learn from their life. And so we're going to do that when we get back. But first we got our welcome back, our sponsor Skillshare Skillshare is on demand learning on demand learning. If you are looking to build fuel to enhance the skills that you have to start a side hustle, to start a business, to start working on art, to learn how to be a better speaker. Skillshare is for you. They have thousands of on-demand courses that you can join and have you know, an interaction with community, with other classmates when you can discuss things and you can work through different classes. It's fantastic. You can look through and see the different teachers that are teaching They have things, again, they have so many different classes to help you build your skills to be more effective and to create value. I love all the classes that they have. The entrepreneurial classes, the leadership classes, they are great. You can join millions of students already learning on Skillshare. And when you use Skillshare.com backslash HTBT, they're giving you guys two free months. So make sure you use Skillshare.com backslash HTBT. It'll be in the show notes and you'll get two months for free. And if you don't like it, you can cancel but you're going to love it. It's a great way to go more in depth, to build on your soft skills and your hard skills, learn Excel and learn how to, you know, public speaking, how to tell a story, all that great stuff. Two whole months, unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Go to skillshare.com, HTBT to sign up. That's skillshare.com backslash HTBT. All right. Now this guy, like seriously impacted so many people's lives just from his invention. He was like the father of this industry and his name is Jack Burton. He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter, but he had an idea. He saw this thing called a Snurfer and he loved it so much that he built a business around it to what we call today a snowboard. He was the one who invented and built upon the Snurfer to create the snowboarding industry. And there's just so many great things to say about him. He was a driven entrepreneur, easygoing dude. He hated the desk, encouraged his employees to bring their dogs to work, and gave his staff days off to snowboard when storms dropped two feet or more of snow. Now, I just love that because so many entrepreneurs are people in business that just cannot picture themselves spending 40 to 50 years in a cubicle. Now, if you are someone who likes that, I'm not knocking it at all. But there is something about an entrepreneur that has this drive t- that is determined that I am not going to spend my life in an office. And he was able to take his skills as a carpenter. He wasn't a skier. I mean, he skied, but he wasn't building skis. But he saw something he loved in the snurfer and took his carpentry skills and started building and innovating these new snowboards. And I love looking at snowboards and seeing the evolution of them from when they first began the directional ones to then there's the the ones we have today. And just how they've improved over and over again just multiple multiple inventions, multiple tweaks, multiple different ways of doing and creating these snowboards that created an industry. He like snowboarding was not accepted. It was like the rebel industry. It was the rebel thing to do. All the skiers were like all posh and oh my goodness I can't share a lift with these guys. But he kept going and going and trying until it became an Olympic sport. That is amazing to me that he could get to a place where he started out being rejected to a place where he would be changing Olympics. His first year he sold 300 The next year, he's 700, and then it started multiplying after that. But he talks about this one story where he was going out with 38 snowboards, and he ended the day with 40. He went to go sell his 38 snowboards, and he came back with 40. And that is such a, I love that story, because I, I had a snowboarding business, or not a snowboard business, I made skateboards out of snowboards, and I would go to skate shops, and I'd go to different skateboard surf shops that were on the pier in California, or like on the you know, the beach cities on the main streets. And I would like try to get them to carry my boards. And a lot of times you would have to rent out space. They would take some on consignment. And if they didn't sell, they would give them back to you. So I could totally relate to this. But he didn't give up. He didn't give up. He took that day where he lost two sales. He didn't sell anything. And in fact, he had to take returns. And then he continued on to sell 300. And then the next year, 700. And then it became an Olympic sport because he was passionate because he believed in it because he enjoyed it and he refused to have an office job. He was a prep guy. He went to prep schools. He was, you know, an educated elite, but he didn't want that for his life. He didn't want to be in offices and he became a legend. He became an industry. And just imagine, like, Sean White says he's the father of the industry. Now imagine the influence that you could have if God put you in a place like that. If you could use your skills, if you can use your drive to be the father of an industry, and you preach like Michelle Williams, not like Mr. Rogers. Just imagine how God could use you. It's an amazing thing in amazing ways. And I love of the story of snowboarding because nowadays, if you go to the mountains, everyone snowboards. They're probably more common than skiing, but it wasn't like that. There there were times where you wouldn't even let you be a skateboarder. There was times that, I mean, a snowboarder, sorry. They wouldn't let you on the lifts. His father was an investment banker and his mother was a homemaker. What I love about that is it's an encouragement for me You know, a younger father, and my kids under two, I have one on the way. Edward, his father, was an investment banker. He was educated, he worked really hard. Investment banking takes long hours. And he instilled upon him, he instilled upon his son the skills, the work ethic, the drive, the know how to build Burton into one of the biggest snowboarding companies in the world, if not the biggest. And to do all the things that he was able to accomplish. And it's just the fruit of it. And it's a good reminder for us that our kids are going to learn from our work ethic. Our kids are going to learn and build off of our success. It's not always about just me and my career. It's not always about me and my companies. It's not about me and just my finances and what we're going to pass on to our kids from a financial perspective. But what are we going to pass on to them from a work ethic perspective and from? a knowledge perspective and what kind of place can we set up our children to be for their careers as well. And that was a good reminder for me of how I'm thinking about and teaching my kids and what and how I'm preparing them for life. So that was, I just wanted to give a tribute because I didn't say this in the beginning. I was going to, he died recently at 65 years old, 65 years old. And, but what an accomplished life. I mean, just a personal thanks to him for giving us snowboarding. I mean, I couldn't imagine growing up. I mean, snowboarding was such a a place for me to, you know, detach from the world and appreciate creation and appreciate just nature. And it's kind of sad to see him go. I'm not going to lie. It was really sad to hear this. But what an amazing man. What an amazing business that he created. He never gave up. He had the drive. He had the resolve and he made it happen. So let's go do the same and let's be bold preachers not like mr rogers but michelle williams and let's be faithful to what god's called us let's go out and be successful god bless